From our 901 Mission Street studios, you are listening to the San Francisco Chronicle. Hello, Heather Knight, and welcome back to Total SF in Exile, uh, still in our living rooms, long way to go. It's a marathon. How are you doing? Uh I feel like every time we record one of these, I learn really bad news about the school system hours before, so I need to drink heavily. Now they're saying California schools are not going to open this school year. So it's been confirmed. That is brutal. Um, In other words, I'm not doing well. <laughs> <laughs> Esther Mobley, our colleague, a wonderful wine writer, reported today that the Bay Area is drinking 43% more alcohol while sheltering in place. That seems super low. <laughs> I think you and I are probably responsible for a 42% uptick in the Bay Area. So yeah, I think it's higher. Uh, so- definitely. Um, I think it's because of um, parents of children. And mm-hmm. we keep hearing that the school year is going back <laughs> further and further and further. I think my yeah. kids are going to start in like 2023 now. Oh my God, don't even say that. Well, let's um, find a way. It's going to be hard, but let's find a way to spin this into a happy podcast. Um, Ah, This is going to get harder and harder (laughs) as the weeks go by. At the very least, entertaining. Uh, We'll cover some more good news. Let's talk about things that we could do with our kids Mm-hmm. And then we will besides segue. Kill them? <laughs> besides kill them, uh, <laughs> other things we can do with our kids, and uh, we will finish with uh, throwing out an idea. We have a total SF idea we while do. sheltering in place that we'll throw out at the end. But um, I think we can get this going on a positive route. What do you think? We can do it. We can do it. I'm Peter Hartlaub. I'm Heather Knight, and this is Total SF. Thank you very much. So welcome back, Heather. Uh, this feels like week 14 since we've been working from home. Is it week 14 or 18? I think it's technically two and a half, but it definitely feels more like two and a half years. Yeah. Um, I'm starting to get into a little bit of a rhythm. Um, I'm cooking the meals. My wife's doing a lot of the schooling. Uh, I got kind of my new beat. That's starting to get into a rhythm. How are you feeling? Because I think you've been doing some really good stuff. Thanks. It's been really busy work-wise. I'm just getting so many emails and tweets and tips about everything. So I'm able to keep busy, but I'm definitely... Today I felt like was the first day I started to go a little stir-crazy. I know we're supposed to be happy, but (laughs) to tell you the truth, I was like, oh, how much longer are we going to be stuck like this? Well, you had a lovely story today. It was very much a happy news story. And um, I just wanted to talk a little bit about that. The bagpiper in the Castro. Yeah. Who, first of all, totally on brand, total SF, <laughs> that you found a bagpiper. I'm so story. into bagpipers. And it's not even our bagpiper. It's not even no. Lynn Miller, who's been performing at our total SF um, movie events in the before times. Totally new bagpiper. How'd you find him, Heather? 
Well, since you mentioned Lynn Miller, who does the bagpipes for our Total SF Movie Nights at the Balboa, I have learned that he actually is entertaining his neighbors in um, Sunnyside, which is not far from me every evening. So I'm definitely going to go check that out. But today's story was about a bagpiper in the Castro. One of his neighbors emailed me last week that there was a nightly sunset serenade on the rooftop of his apartment building in the Castro. And I tracked him down and interviewed him. And actually got to see the performance, social distancing on the roof of an apartment <laughs> building in the Castro. Um, and he is a longtime professional bagpiper named Hal Wilkes, who's in the Irish Pipers of San Francisco, a famous um, uh, bagpipe band. And he was really bummed that on St. Patrick's Day, all of their gigs were canceled because it was the first day of shelter in place. And his mom, who's in her 70s, texted him the idea that he should go entertain his neighbors um, because she was inspired by all those videos that we've seen from Italy of um, neighbors entertaining each other while they're on lockdown by playing music on their balconies, which are so sweet. So he did that. And... um, and he's been doing it every night since I got to go see. He um, waits right till sundown behind Sutro Tower, which is just a gorgeous sight. And um, then you can start seeing all these neighbors come out on their balconies and on their sidewalks and peering out their windows because they know it's going to come. And then he just plays one song. He says, when it comes to bagpipes, you don't need more <laughs> than that. Yeah. <laughs> he says it's like Tabasco sauce. A little bit goes a long way. <laughs> um, so he plays one song and then everybody cheers with their cocktails and he says, we will get through this. And they all shout down from blocks and blocks away. They can hear it in Noe Valley. We love you. Thank you. And so much applause. And he says he'll do this every night until we can leave our homes again. So that was really sweet. I love it because, I mean, as we learned, um, we had to have a conversation when we decided to have a bagpiper at our movie night because a bagpipe can really carry yeah. Um, bagpipes and cable car bells like can carry to another <laughs> neighborhood. And I saw video of this. There's video of this on the Chronicle site. And I mean, there are people in the far distance who are out on their balconies enjoying this. Yeah. His neighbor who lives in the same building as him, they're really good friends. And she said, I'm really glad he doesn't practice at home because <laughs> a bagpipe played in a little apartment yeah. would be another story. But when you're out in the open, um, he, you can apparently hear it for up to a mile away, um, and people just love it. It carries really nicely. And I noticed when I went there that um, it especially carries because our city is so freaking quiet these days. Like, I'm noticing you can hear birds so clearly and loudly, and it's just so much quieter. And so his song just really carries. Yeah, I, I loved uh, reading that story. I didn't know about it. I mean, we're in touch, and we, we you know, text each other. and But we're not as, as in touch as we were before all mm-hmm. this happened so it's kind of nice to like wake up and have a surprise heather knight story <laughs> and that was a lovely one um thanks and and like i said on brand uh bagpiping i have since found out that there's a mysterious accordion player in north beach so i've got to track him down next <laughs> <laughs> and i liked your story on the bernal heights newspaper that was really cool uh, that a bunch of kids are putting out together yeah i mean i think like you i'm looking for bright side stories. And I have a little bit, I think, more flexibility for that because I don't have, you know, keeping an eye on the people in power as part of my beat. So I'm trying Mm -hmm. to like get these happy stories. I'm working on a story. We can talk about this a little bit later, but about birthday parties right now, how Mm -hmm. kids are doing that. And King Kaufman, right when my beat changed, told me about this guy, uh, Chris Collin, member of the Writer's Grotto. He's a journalist, freelance journalist, author, 
uh, does some book publishing stuff. And he just immediately, like the day things went down, said on Facebook, I'm starting a newspaper, all kids staffed. Mm -hmm. I can't pay you anything. (laughs) Um, And it was going to be Bernal Heights, but I'll have foreign correspondents. From like Glen Park and Noe Valley. (laughs) Yeah. So cute. And there was no like direction, like this is what you write about. Send me whatever you have. You're on deadline. Send it today. And um, and I'm going to throw it together. And then this thing came out on Friday. And it is so perfect. <laughs> I mean, it's it is. funny. It's thoughtful. You can I tell- love the review of the pasta dinner. <laughs> <laughs> the pasta dinner. This guy, one review was just, I'm going to review my mom and dad's dinner tonight. And it was three out of five stars. <laughs> Not so great. <laughs> That's actually like good in my house. Um, if I get a three out of five stars. Um, there's like one kid who just wrote up a prank and the prank was to put a yellow marker in, um, in water. Like the idea being, it was a prank you could do like kind of, you know, in these times. And then it looks like pee. He's like (laughs) four or five. And then there were these other kids. There's one kid, um, who's 14 and did data journalism. There's a data journalist for the, and I love it. They were talking all about the different the whether it should be called the burnalists or all the names for the paper it's six feet of separation is the (laughs) name of the paper and they have a data journalist this kid who's 14 went out and on Cortland avenue did a whole thing on which restaurants are open and their hours and you can click on it uh there's comics it's 29 pages it's not really super easy to find um, but if you go on my Twitter feed, I tweeted it out. Dan Rather, Dan Rather. Yes, I love retweeted, that. Retweeted my story. He's like your biggest fan now. Dan Rather and I are kind of BFFs now. He's <laughs> following me. Has he replaced me? No, you're my my ultimate BM, BFF, but he's my kind of um, famous uh, person in BFF. exile. Uh, you know, and also he's like, you know, my news anchor BFF. Um, no, he's he's following me on Twitter now, and I'm like thinking like he's gonna see everything else that I tweet and drop me in like <laughs> a day. No, um, I don't even want to look. But um, yeah, Dan Rather, he he. Uh, well, I noticed you made your first connection that I was aware of with Dan Rather when you wrote about proper email etiquette in the time of the coronavirus because it feels weird to sign off with like love or hope everything's great, yeah. you know, like something cheerful, and you um, borrowed his. A phrase from the 1980s which was just courage and he saw that and yeah. he tweeted at you and now you guys are apparently bfs and i have been no you replaced. haven't been pushed out um, <laughs> but uh no in in courage actually he said courage as a sign off for like a week and a half in 1986 what and was then, going on at the time that people needed courage for? i think i think it was um i don't know there's something going on hmm. world news whatever but people made fun of him for it so he stopped doing it and it's like hmm. on his wikipedia page is like something people make fun of dan rather about and i'm like i i wrote in the story like that's the perfect sign off for yeah. an email and he wrote back and said i agree we need courage in these times and then he retweeted my next story. So we're <laughs> like totally super tight. Like You are. Birthday party. Um, if we ever have them again, if it's if it's a virtual birthday party, <laughs> it's gonna be a Zoom with like me and you and a few Chronicle people, some old friends, and Dan Rather like in the <laughs> upper right corner. That's that's what I'm hoping. I want him to visit San Francisco and ride a bus with us. Okay. Shout out Dan Rather if you are listening because your best friend Peter does this podcast. He's going to get the tweet. He's following me. 
ride a cable car with us. Yeah. Um, but glad you brought up the newspaper because kids, the one thing I loved about the newspaper is I could show it to my kids and that's like a block of half an hour that, um, they can read it and laugh and we can talk about it. I'm finding it really, really tough to fill the time. Oh, me too. What, what's it like in your neighborhood? What, what are your options there? What's closed off? What's it like for you? Um, well, I want to say that my husband is doing a great job of putting together like a plan for the day the night before. And he has both boys kind of scheduled by the hour of what they should be working on um, school-wise or art project-wise or reading or whatever. But also his parents who live in England are FaceTiming with them every day at 11, which goes for like an hour yes. and a half. And they are designing their own fun stuff to do in that time. So that is a big help. And then I'm trying to be done with work in the late afternoon and we go somewhere. So luckily the canyon is nearby from our 49-mile makeover. So we go there a lot. Um, and this is happy news. Park and Rec shut cars to Twin Peaks. You cannot drive up there anymore. So we walked all the way there yesterday to the top. And um, it was so lovely. There's no shattered glass on the pavement <laughs> because thieves are not going to break into cars because cars are not allowed. There were no tour buses. It was just wide open joggers, bicyclists, walkers, tons of birds, tons of wild flowers. So that was great. Um, I'm really noticing nature is liking this shutdown. <laughs> I don't know if you are, but it's just like gorgeous out. The air is so clear. Yeah, so. The, I, I get jealous of stories that I see. Like, why didn't I think of that? And and the one that I think I've been the most jealous of, other than maybe the bagpipe, was when people started um, writing about like the coyotes just mm-hmm. like walking down Market Street <laughs> or whatever. There's like there's like a bear and you know in Saks Fifth Avenue, whatever. Yeah. I mean, there's. I've so, heard that the swans have come back to the canals in Venice. So yeah, so the they're taking are over. It. Um, I like the Twin Peaks thing because you and I fought so hard <laughs> to get twi- Twin Peaks off of our forty-nine mile If it had been makeover. shut to cars, I think we definitely would have been like, "It's a no-brainer. It'll be on." So I feel like now I'm hoping they just leave it that way, and it, it's a great addition to the forty-nine mile makeover now. Yeah, I, I totally agree, and um, I'm so glad it was on now. We were overruled by our readers. That's the only reason why it's on, because we didn't yeah. want it on, because it was like the big smash-and-grab place. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And now I, I've seen uh, you put a photo on your Twitter, mm-hmm. and, I mean, it's perfect. It's super wide, so, mm-hmm. you know, you can pass someone, and it's great for social yeah. distancing. And once you get up to the top, it's pretty flat, and so there were kids, you know, on their scooters and bicycles and it was really cool i'm hoping i mean the city in the last year has done a really great job for bikes i ride my bike back in the days when i used to go to san francisco i would ride my bike in i'm hoping like now the talk is that along the panhandle there um turning one of those car lanes into a bike lane i'm hoping Mm -hmm. like a lot of this stuff happens me too and then just like they don't reverse it me too. But they are being very resistant about expanding access to Golden Gate Park. There's a big outcry that the part of JFK that's shut to cars on Sunday should be shut to cars every day during the shelter in place. And the public health department said no because it would, quote, invite gathering. But oh. I mean, if they shut a lot of streets to cars, then people could spread out and not yeah. drive themselves insane. And it's a super big park. You can invite a little bit of gathering there yeah. and people have space. 
Um, I just, I bike around Alameda, like trying to think up story ideas and just to kind of decompress and listen to a podcast. City Insider, SF City Insider. <laughs> it's back. I figured out back. how to record. Yeah, you had a, a good one today. Um, but I rode by what is the largest lawn. I think it's Washington Park. Um, you can have like eight soccer games there at a time. And my first thought when I walked there is that's a lot of people out there. You know, and I was going to take my photo and send it to Jake Tapper. Um, no, I wouldn't do that. <laughs> but it was like that kind of photo. You look at it and you're like, oh, that's. But then I looked at it and I'm like, everybody's spacing out. They're not. There's not like there's a party or a bonfire there. And a lot of this stuff, like even when they close the parks and the beaches down, I didn't see a lot of people like throwing big parties. I think just everybody had the same idea at once mm-hmm. and got there and didn't want to turn around and were trying mm-hmm. to social distance but couldn't. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think there's, you know, this scofflaw culture going on here. I just think people are kind of figuring it out. Yeah. I think people are pretty much doing well. And you mentioned Jake Tapper, who keeps putting up these photos of, look, people yeah. walking near each other in the marina. This yeah. is outlandish. But Jake, yeah. we're doing a good job. So we're doing quiet. a good job, Jake. Get <laughs> off our ass, Jake. Um <laughs> thing that made me the saddest um and uh was about a week ago um i was cruising around and then saw again on my bike that they put i don't know how they did it in san francisco but they put yellow tape caution tape and Mm -hmm. like wrapped all of our jungle gyms in that i just that made me so sad it'd be one thing like people weren't really using them anyway Mm -hmm. i mean it kind of probably isn't the safest thing but the fact that they wrapped it in caution tape, I just think about the kids walking by mm-hmm. and seeing that and like they want to go on it, but that's a reminder mm-hmm. that you're not allowed to go on it. And I don't mm-hmm. like building those kinds of memories in kids. I'm trying to, yeah. you know, encourage people and with my own kids, try and build some good memories too. Yeah. Yeah. I'm finding so far the boys are pretty resilient, especially my little guy who, as you know, is very cheerful and um, they're just seem to be having fun like being with us so much and having so much family time and dinner every night together and stuff which we don't always do if we're busy at work but um my younger son today I said how was your day and he's like nine out of ten mommy (laughs) and it's only a nine because the day's not over yet (laughs) oh my god that's awesome (laughs) it's like I think people probably want to clone you right now I wish I had that attitude yeah I haven't had a nine out of ten yet since this happened Mm -mm. um Oh, I love that. Um, it's been pretty good here. We, My kids are a little bit older than yours. And I mean, one positive is they see me work now. Mm-hmm. And I, I, it's kind of come up, you know, just in a discussion, like where my kids go, well, you just go watch movies. And now they see me like interviewing people and, you know, actually doing stuff a little bit more concretely and then mm-hmm. typing on a deadline. I, I kind of like that they see that. Yeah. Um, that's been a positive. Theo had a birthday, and I, I told you I'm writing about birthdays. I've got a story yeah. coming up, all the creative things people are doing to, like, salvage their kids' birthdays. But um, I was so kind of bummed, you know, like, oh, my God. And I, I even wrote on his card. I was just like, you know, just what every 15-year-old wants, <laughs> a government-ordered day spent with his two 49-year-old parents. <laughs> He he had a pretty good time. Like his friends were really sweet. They're calling him all day. One friend uh-huh. like dropped off a a gift at a safe distance, and 
I think he felt, you know, cared for by us. Mm-hmm. We were really nice to him. None of his gifts arrived because we Aww. ordered them all. We expedited them, but Amazon stuff's slow. So in the morning, we got him one like last minute thing at Target, and all of his gifts were like really bad printouts, and our our printers like running out of toner. And then I, I put him up like um, table tents, like at a restaurant uh-huh. of all the stuff that he's going to get, but he isn't getting. Oh. I mean, it was like the crappiest birthday. <laughs> and at the end of the day, I, he was all right. I, I, I think too, like if, you know, with some of these kids, if you throw a party at the bowling alley or the arcade or whatever, um, we have an 80s arcade in our town. I got to remember mm-hmm. that most people don't have that. But if you, you know, whatever, you go to the jumpy house or whatever, that's just like, what everybody does, it's very routine. But mm-hmm. I think it's kind of cool that these kids, because they've got to do virtual Zoom birthday parties or something where you're driving by a house or writing chalk in front of a mm-hmm. house, it's like a way of saying that you, you know, go a little bit of an extra mile and I thought of something yeah. creative because I care about you. I think that's kind of better. Yeah. Uh, my older son is invited to a virtual birthday party on Friday. And um, the little girl whose birthday it is loves art. And so her mom ordered um, identical art projects for each kid who's invited and then shipped them to us. So we, we already have it with the note, like, don't open this until the birthday party. Oh. And then they're all going to be on Zoom doing the art project together. So that was a creative way to go about it. That's super cool. Um, yeah. And I mean, the rules keep changing. So I'm going out tomorrow with a with a uh, group that um, it's a six-year-old and she's, I think, going to drive by a bunch of houses and there will be... I presume, you know, signs or maybe a musical performance or singing happy birthday or whatever. Mm -hmm. I'm thinking like the rules keep getting a little bit tighter. That might not even be allowed, Mm, you know, I don't know. So, but, you know, the kids are all right. They're going to figure it out. And I I just hope like, you know, if you didn't have someone close to you that died during World War II, all the rationing and bringing things together. And I, I bet the kids that came out of that, don't have all bad memories. I mean, there's probably yeah. some patriotic memories, some community memories, some mm-hmm. nice family memories, you know, mm-hmm. and, and I hope I hope these kids are like that too. I think it's forcing all of us busy parents to slow down a little bit and just spend more time and, you know, just set aside a whole hour to play a board game or, you know, just quiet ourselves, which is needed, so. Yeah. Well, I, I got to say that um, when we went to work from home, I felt like, and especially my job got switched. I thought like total SF, you know, you and I might be able to do a podcast once in a while, but continuing the total SF brand as we did it, I just didn't Mm -hmm. really think of a way we could do that. I don't go to San Francisco anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, I can't, the ferries, you know, won't let you, but we got an idea after seeing the Balboa. I didn't get the idea. I watched what the Balboa did. Um, Our friends at the Balboa Theater did a virtual movie where they asked everybody to all watch the movie at the same time. And I think there was some coordination with that. I think we should do movie night number five at home, advertise it like the other movie nights, do Inside Out. Um, We're not charging any money, so Disney can't stop us. (laughs) And... Let's pick a night, everybody turns on the movie at the same time, and then we'll have a hashtag, we'll be on social media, and we'll just do a bunch of fun stuff. Yes. What do you think? I love it. I think we need to, um, well, you had brought this up, but I'm pre- going to pretend like it's my idea. Um, 
a San Francisco ruined pizza cooking contest. Like, make the most San Francisco, like what an out of towner would hate <laughs> on their pizza, pizza. And I think share that's it a on social media. Brilliant idea, Heather. <laughs> of yours. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, let me run this by you. And I want to say right now that, like, this is brainstorming with everybody who's listening right now, too. So if you follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and you have an idea, throw it our way. We're going to be kind of finalizing this this week. I think we're going to do it. Um, what do you think, though? Should it be a San Francisco pizza like the one in Inside Out with, like, all the San Francisco ingredients on it, like kale and broccoli? Or what if someone, like, makes a Sutro Tower pizza? Is oh. that okay, too? Yes, you can interpret it either way. A San Francisco, or maybe we could have two categories, like an I ruined pizza, pizza contest, and a I love San, I love you San Francisco pizza contest. Okay, I, I think I think people should have some. We we should some call flexibility. it flexibility. Yeah, it should be called the San Francisco ruined pizza pizza contest because that's from the movie. Yeah. Um, but uh, I like that. I also was thinking like, and it won't matter if it tastes bad because we won't be able to taste it. <laughs> that's true. Although I kind of. I kind of like like a. Um, I go to Arizmendi, and I I I swear to you that's where Inside Out got that oh, idea yeah. from. Oh yeah, they definitely got that. So um, I'm kind of stoked for a you know pizza with vegetables on it. Um, other idea I thought maybe a pillow fort contest. Mm -hmm. Like if there are kids watching this, just get every pillow in the house and stack it up and make a little, mm -hmm. almost like a little like drive-in type scene where mm -hmm. you've got your big pillow fort that you're watching inside out. I think yes. that could be a good visual. And I like making pillow forts. Um, I'm into that. Yes. The construction, the architecture. I'd love to work on that with my My boys would son. be done with that. Mm -hmm. What if we did something, maybe this would be a before the event, because it would you need some time to get creative. But maybe like a video contest where you show the five emotions, but in quarantine. Oh. So like... <laughs> <laughs> Like angry would be pretty easy. Yeah. What are all the five? Joy. Jeez, um, uh, I'm sorry. I should know inside like out. Like sad or depressed or something. We've got um, time. We've got time yeah, to figure we'll out what the emotions were. Bing bong. <laughs> R.I.P. Bing bong. Oh, my God. Uh, I totally cried in that scene when I first saw it. Yeah. Oh, bing bong. Ugh. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so I think this is a good idea. I think we pick a day and then people are like making pizza all day and making their pillow forts, sharing it on Twitter, um, whatever they want to do. They can dress up, they can do something with the emotions. They can make a bing bong rocket, whatever they want to do. <laughs> we'll share it on Twitter all day. And then at seven o'clock we turn the movie on and I'll yeah. kind of watch it together apart. Yes. Love it. You're in. Of course. All right. I'm let's not do doing it. anything. <laughs> Well, I'm not doing that here. much. Um, <laughs> now, I, I have to make the card and stuff. I do all the promotional stuff. And no, I mean, also... I'm, not, I'm not doing anything in terms of on a Saturday night. I oh, okay. I'm, yeah, I get you. Gotcha. Sorry. You do all kinds of things. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, also, My little... calendar is pretty empty. <laughs> um, little little twist here. Uh, the It's It costume is in my garage. So, oh, yeah, you've got to wear that or get one of your sons to wear it. Cool. Well, any other new business, Heather? Oh, I wanted to say one bit of happy follow-up news from last week. Okay. I think I had mentioned um, Sharky Liguana, whose rental car, rental van business had gone down the tubes, and um, he was offering up the vans for free use by local governments all over 
the country if they needed them in the coronavirus outbreak. So um, after he was featured in the Chronicle and on my other podcast, he got a surprise phone call from a woman who said, I really want to send you some money because your business is in so much trouble. Um, what's your address? And he's like, don't worry about it. It's fine. She's like, no, I insist. And he figured it was going to be like $100. So he gave her the address. A check arrived the other day for $10,000. Oh, my God. From a Chronicle reader. Oh, my God. Chronicle yes. readers. They're the um, best. First of all, don't send us money. <laughs> We're still employed. <laughs> and that's actually, that's an ethical thing. There but are I th- so many places to send money to. But I think that's us. a great one. He He's such a good dude. I mean, and... Mm-hmm. Like, there's always been, you know, an artistic and helpful make the community better spirit to his business. Mm-hmm. Um, it's vans that are shepherding around um, musicians. Uh, musicians, but he, he's done other things too. He was like the first person offering up his vans to help mm-hmm. out with the homeless. And mm-hmm. so, bravo, bravo, yeah. Sharky, and bravo, Chronicle Reader, who was moved by the story. Yes. Lots of people doing good stuff. Well, I told you we could have a happy podcast. <laughs> we mostly did. We mostly I feel did. better already. Yeah. Well, excellent. Um, Heather, let's do this again soon. Yes. Uh, movie night. We'll get it together. We'll get Audrey Cooper on board if we can. And, mm-hmm. um, and uh, that'll be fun. I'm looking forward to it. Love it. See you then, virtually. Right. <laughs> yeah. I'll talk to you soon. Okay. Bye. Bye. You are listening to the San Francisco Chronicle. Thank you to Total SF co-host Heather Knight. Total SF is a production of the San Francisco Chronicle. Our music is The Tide Will Rise by the Sunset Shipwrecks off their album Community and Cable Car Bell Ringing by eight-time champion Byron Cobb. My colleagues have been putting themselves out there doing incredible work. Now more than ever, support Total SF and the newsroom that creates it by signing up for a Chronicle membership at www.sfchronicle.com slash pop.